Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody. Hope everyone's having a great weekend. Welcome back to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. One last time here in 2021, a UFC event took place and we are here to maybe predict the futures maybe get those last minute ought no points before the holiday season comes to an end and we're going to recap ufc vegas 45 and talk about some of the notable names including the black beast with a ferocious knockout to cap off the year i am mike heck thank you for listening i am doing this podcast right now in the lobby of my hotel because i just checked out i'm about to head on over to the airport and head back home to my family after a crazy week here in Tampa, Florida, covering the Tyron Woodley-Jake Paul card. We all know what happened there, but we're not here to talk about that. And joining me on this venture is the co-host, the co-matchmaker, and he's my best friend, Mr. Alex Cayley. AK, how are you, my friend? My best friend, you have done some phenomenal work this week in sunny Tampa, Florida. Florida Mike, on point as always. <laughs> uh, I'm sure the listeners will be very happy they're getting Florida Mike for this episode. Uh, how do we even? What? How? How do we even talk about anything after <laughs> Jake Paul just knocked out Tyron Woodley? Uh, on what is what is going to be our last? I mean, we'll do another show probably, but what is our last sort of regular on to the next one episode of the year? I mean, we should be celebrating a, a UFC card that had so many finishes, implications for for the 2022 22 title picture. But goodness me, I, all I can think about is these memes and poor Taron Woodley face down in the in the ring, and oh my gosh, uh, I, I don't know. You know, Mike, let's let's get to it. Maybe maybe we can shake this UFC stuff loose uh, from my brain, like in a good way, and and uh, get on with this conversation because we could talk about that event, uh, the Paul Woodley rematch for two hours. I agree, and I'm sure you guys did it on the post fight show last night, which I on. think everyone should go and, and watch or <laughs> and or listen to. But let's talk about what Derek Lewis did. Came in as the betting underdog against Chris Dacus. And someone tweeted this, and I can't remember off the top of my head, and I would credit them, but they said something to the effect of, there is nothing more terrifying in the sport of MMA than Derek Lewis when he smells blood. When he knows he has you hurt, there's nothing more terrifying than Derek Lewis. That is what exactly what happened with Chris Dacus. Lewis hit him with a shot, knew he had him in trouble, and then he just goes for the kill, and he did exactly that. 336 into the first round. Chris Dacus went to sleep. Derek Lewis gets the win, and a lucky fan at the UFC Apex got Derek Lewis's cup. So that happened, uh, which is uh. not surprising at all, especially during a pandemic. But anyways, AK, your thoughts on Lewis's knockout, the performance, and what could be next for the Black Beast? Uh, you know, again, I think anyone picking Lewis... 
this is kind of how they thought it would play out. I think I said second round, I think, in my official prediction. But uh, this was a big step up for Chris Dawkins. There's, there's no shame in losing to Derek Lewis. I, ho- I hope people don't look at this as one of those, oh, hype train derailed or what have you. Chris Dawkins looked great in his first four UFC fights. Uh, th- they've built him up the right way. I don't, I don't fault the matchmaking at all. This was the right matchup. I think pretty much – I think he called for it after his, uh, you know, his win over Abdurakimov. Pretty much everyone on to the next one was like, yeah, this is this is it. This, he's beaten two veterans, Olenek, Abdurakimov, finishing everyone. Uh, he deserves the top guy who, who's, who happens to be free, who has to be coming off a, uh, you know, a big title fight loss, needs a bit, of, um, a bit of a bounce back fight. And this is it. You get Derek Lewis. Uh, when you reach this level of heavyweight – Man, you get a lot of guys who can who can take you out quick, and a uh, few be- do that better than Derek Lewis now. Uh, 13, 13 career UFC knockouts, Mike, the most in UFC history. So, uh, again, really no shame for Christakis. I still see him almost as a surefire uh, title challenger. It could still happen in 2022. He's a fresh name, and uh, let's say he wins. The hit. He needs two two wins. I think he gets right back in that title picture, and, and we'll see how that shakes out with, with uh, Nganu and Khan fighting very soon. So, um for Mr. Lewis, how do we make the Stipe Miocic fight happen, Mike? Can we do it? Is it possible? I, I mean, I think it's. I think that's probably the fight to make. Like, I think we're in the same boat, but it all depends. Like, there's just too many unknowns right now, right? With Ngannou and Gone, of course. John Jones waiting in the wings, and then, you know, if John something happens and this fight falls apart for the what the 448th time. You got to call Stipe. So it's it's hard to put Stipe in that situation. I'm going to go ahead. And by the way, I can't wait for our prediction show to go back to some of these picks. I listened to it on the flight over here. It's hilarious how terrible I was with predictions. You were slightly better than I. But, yeah, I, I mean, I think you got to do the Stipe fight. Like, if, if John... Picks, yeah, picks, but... Though, your predictions you said were terrible. Your picks... You my, killed it on the my picks for last night were great. I'm talking like, remember how we did our odds oh, and next one, like prediction ahead. show for the oh, the, the no, year no, the year no, ahead no, prediction no, show. I was I, I didn't want to talk about that. That's... Yes, but anyways, <laughs> so I would I assume John Jones and the UFC have made nice enough since John Jones is saying like April or July, and I'm hearing similar that they're looking at dates around the time. And if John Jones does get the title shot, I think we do Derek Lewis versus Stipe. I'd love to get Stipe should probably get one more win, but again, it's up to Stipe. If he doesn't like the idea of fighting Derek Lewis, he's just not going to fight him, and he just won't fight. And that's that's fine with him. That's totally fine. So, but I'm with you, Derek. If we had our druthers, AK, the best friends, we're doing Derek Lewis versus Stipe. Yeah, this this is a magic wand pick. This is this is not a like what we think is the match picks are necessarily thinking. Or even if they are thinking it, do they think like this? Oh, we can easily throw this one together. It it, it is tough with Stipe. He's you know once he's he's in that he he reached that world title picture. I should say reached. I'm sorry, became world champion and has stayed in the world title picture. So in his mind, he's like, I just why do I have to take? I want championship money again. I'm used to making championship money. Why do I fighting dangerous guys like a Derek Lewis, for example, in a in a fight? I'm not gonna do a fight. I don't want to do a fight night main event. I don't want to do like you know why should I do a co-main on a pay-per-view? It's tough. He's in a tough spot. He's, he seems very happy to wait. We know this. We know he's very happy to wait. Uh, so this is a magic wand pick where if, I think if we're up to you and me, and I think a lot of the listeners, this fight would happen. I'm not sure what's... I, I don't have a what's likely to happen pick. I'm actually not entirely sure. Yeah, uh, things have to play out. This is one of those weird scenarios. I mean, if you want to throw him in there with Jarzinho, just to, if he wants to fight, cool. That that works for me. But mm-hmm. yeah, if we can make the Stipe fight happen. I, I know our, our own Jose Young's called for Tai Tuivasa, and sure. Derek Lewis gets another main event and makes that makes that bag 
Yeah. The, uh, the Jairzinho fight has some has some Ngannou Lewis potential, though. I will say that could be a really really bad fight. Yeah. Like, really bad. <laughs> you and know, if Ngannou on, on, on the Prince of Positive, <laughs> that could be bad. And if Ngannou loses to Gan, like the the Otno picks galore would be Ngannou versus Derek Lewis too. Like you just would probably have to look in that direction. But with Derek oh, Lewis's con, or excuse me, Francis Ngannou's uh, contract situation and all that, yeah, who who the hell knows? So we'll see what happens. Derek Lewis against anybody is fun. And congratulations to the Black Beast bouncing back from that loss to the interim heavyweight champion of the world, Cyril Gan. Let's move ahead to the co-main event. Bilal, remember the name, Muhammad, gets the biggest win of his career. He just sort of bullies. I mean, literally, like, he lived up to his Twitter moniker very well. Bullied Stephen Thompson for three rounds. This was one-way traffic. Was it the... Was it a highlight reel fight where we're just going to be like, wow, look at all these incredibly brutal, ferocious, and violent moments Bilal Muhammad had? No, we're not going to have that moment. But Bilal Muhammad went out there. He dominated Stephen Thompson. Got, gets the biggest win of his career. And... There's a very good chance Bilal Muhammad is a top five welterweight on the planet come Tuesday. Huge win for him. What do we do with Bilal Muhammad now, AK? It's it's so weird with him. It's the more he has success, it never seems to it just doesn't raise his stock that much, Mike. It's I saw so many people criticizing him for how he fought Wonderboy. And I'm like, what did you want him to do? He he saw the Gilbert Burns fight. He saw what is possibly now a, a, a very exploitable weakness in, uh, in Stephen Thompson's game, one that I didn't think existed before the Burns fight. And even after the Burns fight, I had said, well, Gilbert Burns is sort of an elite grappler, you know, one of the best in the world. I don't think Muhammad's on that level. I was very wrong. Muhammad channeled that energy, all that energy, all the technique that we normally see in his striking and, and uh, found a way to, to, to go with the wrestling and, and ground, ground Stephen Thompson and really put a beating on him at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the first round. So it's not like he didn't do damage. Um, uh, rounds two and three, not as impactful, fine. Clear-cut wins for Muhammad. So uh, I don't know. It, it is really tough. And I was saying on the, on the post-fight show as well, he's got a very quirky personality, a very cool uh, social media uh, uh, presence, but he doesn't have that easily sellable uh, badass, or I don't know, uh, what's a nice word? dickish uh, personality that the that the UFC enjoys. So he's a hard sell. Um, I landed on a Vicente Luque rematch. The question: Some people would ask, why why would Vicente Luque did this do this? He won the fight pretty definitively a few years ago when they fought uh, several years ago, I should say. It's 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 really in the past. But with this win. I mean, he leapfrogs Luke in the rankings. You know, Luke couldn't beat Wonderboy. Muhammad did. Luke is, again, I just don't know if he's getting a title shot. One of the big fights he wants anytime soon. All the names above him seem to be talking about each other and not him, which is really the story of his life. He might have to go for the Muhammad rematch. And if you're Muhammad, very dangerous opponent, but you'd like to get that W back. And again, he has to wait for one of these big names to kind of open the open the gates and, and let, uh, let one of these slightly lower ranked guys in. I'm with you, AK. Blal is a tremendous individual. He's a great personality, and he's a damn good fighter. He's a guy that I've been following for a long time, interviewing him since he was a Titan FC, even before he was the Titan FC welterweight champion, before he went to the UFC, and and has just had this like really interesting career. He's on the streak right now, and yeah, his social media presence has gone over in such a big way, but... It just hasn't translated on television. Like, he's good in the booth, and the UFC's giving him these opportunities to get over, and he's done a fine job with all of it. It's just not... Something's just not clicking. No one is hankering, for some reason, to have... Bilal calls out Usman, calls out Leon Edwards. 
I understand the Leon fight. If for some reason Leon doesn't get the title shot, or it, it, I'd like to see that fight. Like it makes sense. Like it makes sense. But Leon, he's so Leon's so far ahead of that now that I don't know. It's just a hard sell. So unfortunately, I don't like even beating Stephen Thompson last night. Great win. It's a it's a great resume booster, and I think it's going to be sort of a futures victory where like down the stretch three four wins from now we're gonna look back on that win and be like okay that's a good name to have on the resume having said that you're talking about rematches and fights that were booked in the past i'm gonna do the same thing i think he's gonna fight sean brady next i do like i think that's the fight i mean it's it's not what he wants but right now brady's a top 10 guy just get him in there with Get him in there with Sean Brady. They were supposed to fight earlier this year. Didn't happen. Let's do it. I think that's the fight to make, and I think that's the fight's going to end up happening. And Bilal probably deserves better, but I think that's what's going to happen, and that's a good test for Sean Brady, and it's a good test for for Bilal. Neil Magny was another name that I was thinking about, but I feel like I feel like they're going to end up doing the Hamzat fight, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I, I do think uh, the one thing appealing for Muhammad about that matchup is uh, Brady is... I don't even know if it's arguable. Brady's probably the hotter name. He might have lost a little bit of steam because of uh, kind of how close the Chiesa fight was in the end. But I do think the UFC's been pushing him pretty hard. Uh, and us in the media, I think we've, we've had done a lot of Sean Brady stories. Um, and he's undefeated. So I think Muhammad would relish the chance to catch a guy like Brady sort of at this stage of his career before, uh, you know, Brady is Brady's probably at like 80%, 85% of how good he's going to be someday. But I think, you know, we, we, we've said before, we think he's a real like championship level fighter. Uh, not just a contender, like a guy who could become the world champion. Uh, he's just not there yet. And I think if you're Muhammad, you want to get him before that and say, hey, I was the guy who handed him that first loss uh, back in the day, and, and, I can, and I can have that. So there, there's an appeal to him, for sure. Yeah. We move ahead to Amanda Lamosh. And I got, I got to admit, I was at the arena for Paul Woodley, too, so I did not watch this fight at all. Like, not even a cl- I, I saw, like, one clip of it. Uh, but from what I understand, AK... Bad decision. Bad judging. A lot of people thought Angela Hill won this fight. I I mean, I didn't even look at MMA decisions for this one, but it just seemed like everybody was screaming that Angela Hill got robbed. Is that is that the case? Will there be a robbery review for this? And if not, just give us a, a little brief one right now. Was this actually a robbery in your eyes? <laughs> so uh, because I was also remotely cover- I was remotely covering boxing, I only had this fight on uh, sort of in the corner of my eyes watching glimpses. I can't say I saw enough to say for sure uh, it should have been Lemos won round one. Angela Hill won round two. That seemed pretty clear. Uh, w- w- there was a definitely controversy in the third because uh, um, uh, Angela Hill landed a nice elbow, and it was more of a slip than a knockdown. But it was probably the most one of the biggest fights. Of, uh, excuse me, one of the biggest shots of the uh, not just that round but the entire fight. So the lasting impression on anyone watching definitely is that Angela Hill won. MMADecisions.com. Eleven media members scored it. Ten out of eleven. 29-28 Hill. Uh, only our boy Drake Riggs had it of for 29-28 uh, Limoche. And again, and that's fine. Like I said, I don't, I don't think 29-28 is an objectionable scorecard. 30-27, Mr. Doug Crosby. Uh, <laughs> that's a highly objectionable scorecard. I'm not sure what Doug Crosby was thinking. Uh, it was again a very clear one. First and two very easy to score. Third is really the the controversial one. And I think. Angela Hill gets a little more credit as well because she was such a big underdog. You know, you, you always have that if they did better than you expected, uh, that then you they, they sometimes get extra points. I would need to watch the fight more closely to uh, to say, but uh, uh, she certainly has an argument for it, as she has had in several of her 
UFC fights. Uh, she's now 0-4 in her career in split decisions. So there's definitely at least one or two robberies in there. Uh, I really feel for uh, Rand's and Helms' situation. Uh, the matchmaking for Lamosh, pretty easy. Uh, and 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 it's this isn't going to sound nice for the person that uh, I picked, but Yan Xiaonan, a good fighter, someone I think in all of our uh, most people's top tens at at, at strawweight. I don't see why anyone would would uh, would not have her in their top ten. Um, Lamosh also probably in the top ten now. I would have her behind Yan Xiaonan. Some people might have already put her over. I know some people have her like top six, top five. They're very high in Lamosh as a, as a future as a uh, future contender. Could be a title challenger. Uh, sorry, could get a title shot one win away. Uh, so for me, it was easy. I, I, I think Yan Xiaonan, uh, and I would pick Lemosh to win that and keep her keep her run going. Otherwise, hey, maybe Yan wins and gets uh, gets some of her own steam back. I don't know. Yeah, th- this was interesting because that's that's a fine win, but in a lot of it, it's not a win that, at least for now, is again not quite to the same extent of the Bilal Muhammad win because that was obviously bigger and his performance was uh, I mean, it was a no doubter. This is a little different. We saw her gas quite a bit in this fight. We have quite. I think we have more questions about Amanda Lamosh coming out of this win than we've had since her move to 115. I think that's very fair to say. My initial thought was, let's just. And I hate throwing out the word gatekeeper because it seems so disrespectful, but I mean this in the nicest possible way. After you beat Angela Hill, it in your up and coming prospect in this division, it seems like you go from one gatekeeper to the next. Like Tisha Torres would be a perfect fight. Like this would be the right fight to make. So that was my pick. All, before I went to bed, I was like, it's Tisha Torres. But then Tisha Torres tweeted this morning that she verbally agreed to another fight, and it clearly isn't this one, because Amanda Lemos just fought a grueling split decision win over Angela Hill, and that's they're not going to make that fight. So I think she's going to have to fight another vet. She'll be ranked, but I, it's Jessica Penne time. I think she goes in there and gets fight Jessica Penne. Rough night at the office for Jessica Penny, more than likely, but Penny has been playing spoiler quite a bit since she's had that long layoff. So yeah, I think I think we could do that. Give her a chance to kind of shine, work on those those cardio issues, and know that sometimes you're going to fight women who just can take a shot. And Angela Hill surviving that onslaught in the first round, especially seeing that clip, is just unbelievable and very Angela Hill of her. So yeah, Jessica Penny, and or just run it back. Who the hell knows? Angel, if if something happens, they book Jessica Penny and she gets hurt. Angel Hill just slide back in, fight her. So there we go. Uh, and, and Angela Hill, of course, uh, is Jessica Penny's pal, so they got a little bit of a revenge factor there. Uh, and I do would like to see Lamosh against another another veteran because Angela Hill has about twice the amount of experience as Amanda Lamosh. Uh, plenty more high level UFC experience as well. Um, again, it, it wasn't. I, I, I picked uh, Lamosha first round win, but uh, I went against what I'd said on sort of our pre-fight Q&A before where I was like, this is the, this would be my, if I were a gambling man, my upset pick of the night. Because just, there's no substitute for experience. And, and Lamosha's been some good fighters, some some with experience. None is experienced Angela Hill. Uh, and, and Angela Hill rarely gets run over. So if Lamosha had, had, you know, had won by first round finish, we'd be having a very different conversation right now. I mean, we'd be talking, just give her the title shot right away. Uh, or, or at least definitely number one contender shot. Um, but as it is, this was good. This this was a good, you know, close decision win for her, uh, at least officially. And she's going to learn a lot from it. And yeah, and I think a Penne fight would be good for her. And 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 we would see how much, you know, how much she learned from the Hill fight. Uh, and I would expect her to finish Jessica Penne. But you never know. You never know. This is why we we have the fights, AK. It's why we That's have the fights. 
Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. We move ahead to young, return-to-mullet-wearing Ricky Simone, who gets a huge opportunity, finally gets a, a ranked guy, a guy ranked significantly high. I mean, he fought Uriah Faber. It was all, that was a massive name. But now he got Rafael Asuncao, and he did what he was supposed to do in this situation. He did what a lot of people expected him to do. I didn't think he would go out there and just bolt him and knock him out the way that he did and just stop him with strikes. But I thought he would win a clear, easy decision and Simone did not do that. He goes out there and gets a big finish. He needed that one, especially after what happened with the Faber fight. Massive win for him. He calls out Sean O'Malley. I've liked that fight for a long time. The problem is the UFC probably could have pulled the trigger on it now, and I think it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It'd be great. I think it's probably better for O'Malley right now than it would be for Ricky Simone. Ricky Simone probably ranked higher than Sean O'Malley on Tuesday yes. after that victory. So I don't think that fight happens unless Sean O'Malley just starts calling for it. I didn't see him call for anything last night. So Ricky Simone deserves a big fight. Pedro Munoz. That's my, that's my pick. Yeah, uh, that works. I mean, honestly, my rankings is perfect. I, I did have Ricky Simone jump over O'Malley. Uh, Ricky Simone took a big jump with win over Asun Sao, who I also have ranked over O'Malley. So uh, Simone essentially took Asun Sao's spot, or I should say bumped Asun Sao down and then jumped ahead of him. Uh, I have it right now, number twelve from 12 to 15, Munoz, Simone, Asun Sao, O'Malley. So, yes, uh, Simone is higher than O'Malley and uh, right next to Pedro. So uh, I like that one. Um, I, the only problem is uh, for me... So you picked Pedro Munoz. I can't remember what I said for Pedro. I think I probably didn't make a pick for him after he lost. Um, but I'm going with uh, a little bit, probably lower ranked. I, I know people might not like this one. Song Yadong. I like the Song Yadong fight. I still, it, it's kind of, again, putting two guys with uh, with a lot of potential. 
who, who are both veterans but still have a lot of potential, I should say, excuse me. Um, uh, I just like, I think I just like the fight. I think this is just a bantamweight's a killer division. Uh, I don't know if Simone Munoz would probably be his best chance for moving up, but I don't think he'd move him up that much. So if I'm him, um, I wouldn't mind taking a fight with another guy. Again, sort of uh, in a similar, just a little bit lower in the rankings. Uh, and if I beat him, hopefully by then the top 10 of the bantamweight pictures has shaken up a little bit. Because I do like the Mirab rematch as well. We've discussed that a few times on the show, Mike. I do like that rematch as well. The timing for it right now is probably a bit off. It's probably not going to happen soon. Next. But I think you keep that the door open. And uh, eventually they fight after the, you know, head of a controversial uh, win for Ricky Simone the first time around. So I think I still I think that one's still on the table, just not next. I'd go Sonya Dong next. I actually like the idea of Ricky Simone versus Frankie Edgar as well, but I'm okay. still holding out hope we get Dominic Cruz versus Frankie Edgar next. I just wanted to see that like, fight. You, you know me. I don't pick fights for Frankie Edgar. I say I want Frankie Edgar to never retire, but also never fight again, if that's possible. That is my official no stance. He's never officially retired. He keeps getting... The UFC keeps paying him as if he's an active fighter. Like, they just pay him three times a year as show money. And then just... But we just... He never actually fights. That's my... Yeah. I, I, think I get where you're coming from. That's why I like the Cruz fight so much. Cause, such a Frank Edgar fan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Cruz might just, like, sort of piece him up a little bit, but I don't think okay. he, like, really hurts him. And I think Ricky Simone... Though? I, then we're just like okay then we have to have, we have to officially have the conversation that we never wanted to have with Frankie Edgar I feel so bad I would but so bad. it's just crazy because Frankie was probably winning the Marlon Vera fight until he got knocked out so <sighs> poor Frankie Edgar but that's why I like Pedro fight I think Pedro's a great option let's go to mat- let's just, let me just add by the way sure uh, I've, I picked that Simone's win was one of my perfect picks on the night I said second round knockout for Simone so uh, <clears throat> you know uh, Asun Sao unfortunately is just really getting up there in age he probably just can't take the hits he used to the reflexes aren't what they used to be um, yeah again hey, listen we saw we saw age catch up to a few guys this Friday night uh, Mike I think uh, Tyron Woodley Stephen Thompson um, how far out Sun Sao so you know I, I, I wish these guys the best but I, I do think they're not just in the twilight. I think they're near the end, the end of the twilight of their careers. Yeah, I, I have a hard time believing at this point that a Sunset fights in the UFC again. But we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, let's go to the lightweight division. Matush Gamrot continues his surge. He's starting to to fight like the like the Gamrot that that we've wanted to see for a long time. He had that tough tough fight in his debut against Guram Kutatsalatse. It was a short notice replacement fight, and I. Your UFC debut, your expectation, expectations for him were through the roof, but he's just finishing dudes like crazy now. Stops Diego Fajeda, nasty, nasty knee to the body that really started it off, and then was going for the submission. It was a tap due to strikes. Like it was just all chaotic. Um, and I feel bad for people who bet on Gamrot to win by submission because it ends as a TKO, which is just wild. He tried to, Mike. He tried. He, I know. He, he knew about the betters. He knew about the betters. And after the fight, you saw, he's like, oh, oh no. I, 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 he probably had some friends who bet on uh, submission. He's like, oh, I got to get it. I got submission. Oh, Jason Herzog, I'm submitting. I'm submitting. So, yeah. <laughs> what a crazy late. ending to the fight. But a huge win. <laughs> the, the, the Diego Fajeda. So, the guy is... He's not winning right now, but his fights are just awesome. Like, he's he's not in Justin Gaethje territory, but he's, like, a couple of steps away from that. Every fight this guy in is just insane. Mm-hmm. And that's not really the stat you want to have all the time when you're losing fights. Matush Gamrock gets a massive win. He had some call-outs, probably call-outs he's not going to get. Where did you go with Gamrot after this win over Diego Vajeda to improve him to 20-1. and one. 
this was actually one of the tougher ones for me. I, it's one of those wins that opened up a lot of things for him. Uh, but at the same time, again, it's almost like what Ricky Simone, the problem Ricky Simone is facing is I, I think I think the top tier is um, is a bit occupied at the moment, and you don't want to rush Gamrat to. It sounds weird to rush say Russian. The guy's like what twenty and one? Yeah, twenty and one, one no contest. Former KSW, two division champion. Uh, uh, before I before I tell you my pick, Mike, I, you would say that Gamrot has done enough to kind of jump back over Kutaplase, right? That fight was like over a year ago now. Yeah, Guram hasn't fought since then. So you know, I, I thought the ranking of Gamrot's tricky just because he had that weird sort of split decision loss to Kutaplase, which you kind of alluded to, where we maybe didn't see the best of him. But I think he's done enough in the past year. 3-0, three finishes to leapfrog Kutatlatse, who unfortunately has not been able to compete. He was supposed to fight Don Madge. Injuries kind of uh, funked that matchup up. And uh, I said funked, by the way. This is for the show. is for the kids. And, uh, you know, I still I still think very highly of Kutatlatse. I think a lot of people do. But Gamrot should have, you know, not, not actually fighting a top 15 guy in Fajeda. Probably taking his spot, right? Or I would agree. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Especially since Kutatlatse hasn't fought. Um, so, yeah, what would you go with? So there's a lot of options for him. I like Bobby Green. I think Bobby Green, I like the name. I think Bobby Green, I think we're seeing one of the, we're, we're in a stretch of the, the Bobby Green uh, uh, life cycle where we're seeing the really good Bobby Green. Again, this comes and goes. This is, you know, uh, the, the, the wheel of chaos uh, spins very quickly for Bobby Green. But right now it's in a, it's in a positive light. Um, so I'd like to see him fight Gamera. I think Gamera would take it. He's a veteran name. It'd be, it'd be a cool fight. Uh, I have Bobby Green in the top 20. Gamrot just a little bit higher than him. And again, he just needs to keep building his resume and, and his name while uh, while the top 15 at lightweight, or let's say the top 10 at lightweight, gets sorted out. There's going to be a lot of movement in 2022 in some of these divisions. And uh, Gamrot just keeps winning. He'll be poised for a big fight probably by like, third quarter, third quarter, or the end of the year uh, at 155. That's a great pick. I really like that pick. Um... I went great. I just went with the po- I went with the, the popular kids. You know, everyone was saying Gregor Gillespie. I'm I'm loving that idea. <laughs> I know we haven't seen Gregor Gillespie fight in quite some time. We haven't even heard from him in quite some time. And then all of a sudden, and not Gregor Gillespie esque fashion, he gets on Twitter and calls out Tony Ferguson. Now I don't think he's going to get that fight. I think he might be like a win away from getting that fight, but. If he beats Matush Gamrot, there's a very good chance he could get that fight. So yeah, I like I like the chaos of Gamrot Gillespie. So yeah, I'm I'm in on that. I'm I'm with I'm with the masses, if you will. I'm with the cool kids. We're going with uh Gamrot Gillespie, AK. Yeah, I think I was pushing the Fazeev. Was I I don't remember if I was pushing the Fazeev Gillespie train or the Fazeev Dosanos train, both matchups which I like. Uh, but I think Gamrot, Gamrot Gillespie is more of a is likely is likely not not necessarily my top pick, but if we're going by what they're thinking, yeah, it makes a lot of sense for both guys again, rankings wise, uh, style of the fight, uh, yeah, that's that's again like I said, Gamrot really has his options open for 2022, so uh, potentially a lot of great fights for him. And now we go to Cub, Cubby Swanson. What a performance! Just goes out there, takes on Darren Elkins, who just for some reason. Like a year or so ago, even a little bit more, we're like, please stop fighting, Darren. Just please. We don't want to see you take any more damage. And then he just continued to take damage, but continued to win and finish fights, which is just insane. But Cub Swanson goes out there and gets it done, just rolls through Darren Elkins. We're seeing wheel kicks at this point in his career. Big stop, just two minutes and 12 seconds, he gets it done. Okay, I want to hear from you first on this one. Cub Swanson, the legend, coming through here against a... 
A very durable and tough guy who's on a little bit of a, of a streak. Just fought Giga Chikadze. Tough fight for him. And then he comes back with a performance like this and everybody's just glowing about it. Where do we go from here? How do we, how do we capitalize on this? And what do we do with Cub Swanson now after another just incredible performance? I'm going to pull a card that many of our listeners have, have pulled frequently, but I have I have hesitated on making this matchup happen, uh, mostly because the name I'm about to say, there's another dream matchup I want for him, but I feel like that that's going to have to be put off for uh, the, 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 the other, because the name I'm thinking for him is occupied, or it's about to be occupied. This is someone who apparently Cubs Swanson, I actually don't really remember this, I had to look this up. Welcome this man to the WEC back, 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 back in the day in yonder years of 2010, Mike. And I think this would be an awesome, just an awesome matchup between veterans and uh, a fight that the name I'm about to pick, I think would be honored to take. Give me Cub Swanson and the Korean Zombie. Oh, man. I, I love it. I, I know, I know Zombie is higher ranked. Swanson for me is still top 20, maybe now top 15 after, after getting this, uh, getting back in the win column here. Certainly, the UFC is not afraid to book him in tough matchups, like we just said. They threw him in there with Giga. Um, it would just be, I mean, again, another banger, another WEC never died matchup. We keep talking about Cruz and Aldo and all that. How about Swanson and Zombie still getting, still putting in work, right? So, uh, yeah, 145. You guys want a guaranteed banger. Easy fight of the night, uh, main event. Let's go. Cubs, uh, Killer Cub, Korean Zombie, Chan Sung Jung. Let's do it. I love the idea. I just, uh, I just don't think it's gonna happen, just because TKZ is so close to a title fight right now, after the Danny Ige win, and I know he's been dealing with some injuries and stuff. So who knows? Like maybe the UFC just says to him, like, dude, you're not getting any of these guys that you want, and if you want to fight for a title, you need another win. Go fight Cub, and he's just like, all right, fine, I'll fight Cub. Uh, I want the, uh, a bit of a different name for Cub, um, a guy whose stock rose, a guy who is coming off of a loss, but a guy whose stock rose in the process, and I think this fight actually ages incredibly well on the night it did not because it followed one of the most insane fights of all time so i'm going cub swanson versus billy q ak i think that's a fun fight i think it's a good test for both guys and no animosity just two good dudes getting after it and yeah i like that idea it's not a you no know, not really a demotion for cub and you know it's a nice kind of spot for Billy Q after a really crazy fun fight with Shane Burgos at MSG. So, yeah, I liked that idea. That was the first one that popped in my mind. I'm just sticking with it, my friend. So I'm just looking at my featherweight rankings right now, Mike, and from like from like 15 to 30 to 40, it's a pretty close cluster. So so just to give you some idea, I do have Cub in the top 15. I actually have Quarantillo outside the top 30. But again, if you look at the names in between, you could really put these in almost any order. Ilya Tapuria is in there, Alex Caceres, Lerone Murphy, Tukagov, uh, Herbert Burns, uh, Gavin Tucker, Sung Woo Choi. So th these are all guys who, you, whatever order you'd want to put them in, you really can't be wrong. There's so much talent in that section of 45. You know, we, we 155, historically the deepest, 135, the hottest right now. Uh, 145 has always been right up there with like 155 and welterweight. Just so uh, yeah, so you can't go wrong. I think the Billy Q matchup makes a lot of sense. Um, it, it would it would kind of numbers wise shake up the rankings, but again, depending how people view some of these veterans, how high they should be, how high some of the newer guys should be, it, they're probably a lot closer than it looks. Agreed. Now, AK, for the final time in 2021, it is time for the wild card round. We're gonna choose one fighter we've not match made for yet, and we'll do so right now. So, AK, kick us off. 
Uh, yeah, so, like you said, this is our... Oh, when you put it that way, I'm getting so emotional that this, this, this could be the last wild card we're doing for... Uh, well, that we will be doing for some time. Uh, I've got to put the spotlight here on Melissa Gatto. Uh, good for her for, for taking out Sajara Eubanks. Again, a tough... A, a, someone who really could be a contender at 125 if she could just get that weight cut down. Now, as far as we know, I, I mean, Eubanks could be on the verge of being released. Um, but, but, you know, Eubanks is a very talented, strong fighter. 125, I do think, is her home. I think at 135, she's a little more average. So, uh, Gato, huge win. Got herself a performance bonus, which maybe would have gone to Justin Taffa if uh, Taffa at heavyweight was, was not one pound over. Uh, but that's a whole other thing. So, uh, Melissa Gato, uh, looking ahead to some of the matchups at, uh, at 125, uh, some of the names are a little too high for her. So I'm going to wait for her to take on the uh, Viviane Arujo, Alexa Grasso loser, the loser of that fight uh, that's going down January 22nd, UFC 270. Uh, and then after that, hey, Gato's undefeated. It'd be a really even much bigger matchup for her soon. I like that. I like that quite a bit. So I'm going a, a little bit uh, with a little bit of a different direction. I'm going with someone who, who's coming off who, who actually did not get the victory on Saturday. A man who has fought for the UFC welterweight title on two different occasions. I'm going with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, AK. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Coming off the loss of Al Muhammad. I think he's at this point now, and I know he's got this dream of getting back to a title fight and becoming a champion and doing and becoming the oldest fighter in the UFC. Like, all great, gallant goals. But I think, I think there's one fight that really irks him, and he said, just, he said as much. I think the Matt Brown fight is something that just kind of clawed at him for a while because he got he got dominated in that fight. That was that was the first time we saw Wonderboy Thompson just kind of get dominated, and it wasn't a good night for him. It's time, just do the rematch. Like, let's go book these two guys. Let's do the rematch. Wonderboy versus Matt Brown too. I think everybody would be happy with that selection. So that's what I'm going with. Okay, that's my final wild card pick of the year: Wonderboy versus the Immortal Matt Brown Part Two. Your thoughts on that? Look, yeah, look. That's that reasons where I wish the UFC really embraced these kinds of narratives because they're very quick. We've seen they're very quick to book like instant rematches. That's a big UFC thing. But they're much more hesitant to book uh, rematches that have like a years long history. Now, I see that with Poirier and McGregor uh, uh, too earlier this year. But I mean, that's a McGregor Poirier thing. I mean, that, that, that was something that they thought they could sell on pay per view. I, I just don't know. Like, I, I this was nine, almost nine years ago. That's crazy. Uh, um, who wants to see, yeah, the first time Thompson was was kind of dominated by a more experienced grappler. That's, I mean, the Matt Brown, uh, you know, kind of set the blueprint that wasn't really uh, able to be done again until Gilbert Burns and, and Bilal Muhammad. Um, yeah. Uh, Wonderboy would definitely love to have getting a top 10 ranked welterweight. I mean, when's the last time? I, I'm about to clown myself probably, but. Yeah, it's been a while since he's had the chance to fight a top 10 welterweight. He would leap at that opportunity. I guess Damian Maia would have lost five years ago uh, last time. Um, uh, and depending where, I guess, where you place Donald Cerrone when they fight. I don't think Cerrone was in the top 10 at that point. But um, yeah, Damian Maia, long time ago. Yeah, yeah, Wonderboy rematch, man. AK, you are already aware of this, but I'm going to let the listeners know because you may you may hear a little bit. We're, we're having a yes. some, some technical difficulties as well. Um, and I want to just give a, a little bit of an apology to the wonderful Otno community because they sent in their picks to me. Again, uh, an apology to the to the Otno community. They sent in their picks and they worked hard on them. They want those mm-hmm. Otno points and I'm going to keep those logged. However, I got to go. 
I got to go, okay? We're lo- plus, we're losing yes. the connection Wi-Fi wise, so I gotta go. That's right. I gotta order the Uber. Order I gotta go to the airport, and then I gotta fly home and see my yes. family after a crazy chaotic week covering this Jake Paul versus Tired Woodley uh, fight. And the way that all went down is just absolutely insane. It's a week I'll never forget, and I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. So I'm gonna turn it on over to you, AK, okay. to finish things yes. off. All right, it is your show. It's. I mean, we're still best friends, so I'm here with you in spirit. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but, but I, and I appreciate you doing that. But don't you worry, friends. You will hear from us again. We got a couple of shows. We might. We were thinking, thinking maybe doing a like an the Ask Us Anything show again because that one went over sure. really well. Uh, maybe that makes up for this. You guys just ask a bunch of questions. Cool. Sorry, Tristan Gordat. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear any crap from you, son. <laughs> shout out, Tristan. Shout out, Tristan. He gives he gives some good picks <laughs> and actually agree. Well. I'm saving that for for another time, but um, but thank you all very much. If my apologies, so AK take over the listeners yes. that you got. Uh, if you want to do the check the tapes, it's all you, my friend. Thank you very much for being my co-matchmaker all this year, my anytime, friend. Anytime, anytime, a pleasure. Safe travels, sir. Safe travels. We will. I mean, people will see you soon. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. While uh, Mike is flying back home to South Carolina, I will be flying solo here uh, for the remainder of the show. Though I guess technically I'm not, because I have all of you wonderful listeners uh, keeping me company. Uh, always appreciated, guys. Uh, you you sent in a lot of picks this week. Again, this is our our last, you know, official on to the next one traditional show of the year. We'll have some special programming for you coming up. But uh, let's get to checking the tapes first. Not much to report here, guys. Uh, there wasn't, uh, there weren't too many recent announcements. You know, the, this this news week was dominated kind of by uh, UFC Vegas 45 stuff. Of course, Paul Woodley news. So there's maybe a smattering of rumors out there. One of which was uh, the news that Jamal Hill and Johnny Walker will fight uh, sometime in 2022. We don't have an exact date, but we were we were able to confirm uh, that both sides have agreed to the matchup. They just don't know when yet. But a lot of people want to see that one. So all you listeners out there who had uh, Jamal Hill and Johnny Walker on your uh, no scratch card, uh, there's a point for y- y'all to share. So don't uh, don't spend it all in one place. Now, let's quickly get to the listeners' picks here. It's, it won't be the same without Mike, you know, bouncing these things off Mike, but I will do my best to comment and, and uh, compliment you guys and maybe even criticize as Mike would, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, standard disclaimer, I-, I prefer to only 
uh, mention the winners' picks that you guys send out there. Unless they're in the main event or a title fight, then obviously I, I can understand uh, why you'd want to see uh, what's in store for the loser next. Solo Otno points, the most valuable commodity in, uh, in the MMA world. Uh, guys, categories rule. You're really only getting these if somehow you picked, you were the only person who picked this fight, and this fight gets made. Uh, guys, watch out for mistakes. Wrong weight class. People who fought already and you didn't seem to acknowledge it was a rematch. You don't seem aware they fought. Uh, people who are injured out for a while. People who have been released, guys, from promotions and uh, fighters could already be booked. All this stuff. Please, check that stuff before you, before you send it to me. First name your picks. Uh, most importantly, your pick, it might just be doo-doo. And uh, we don't want to read it. So not a lot of that this week. I think you guys did an amazing job. I'll read out some of the more popular ones. Uh, for Derek Lewis, Stevie Miocic was probably the number one option. Though uh, a lot of people are in the, in the Jose Young's camp and just want to see him in there with Tai Tuivasa. Just two of the most lovable heavyweights uh, that we have in MMA. Uh, I have nothing against that matchup, of course. I'm, I'm a bit more in the Miocic camp. I, I wish they could wave a wand and just make that one happen. Um, for Chris Dacus... Uh, Tai Tuivasa was a pick for him as well, but most people said Martin Tabura is the right test for Dawkins coming off his first UFC loss. I'm inclined to agree. I'm inclined to agree. I do like that matchup. I like Tabura too. Uh, everyone knows I'm, I'm a big I'm a big Tabura fan, pushing him for a potential title shot. Uh, he did suffer a loss recently, which kind of derailed that. But uh, I think he's still in there. He knocks off a Dawkins type. Eh, you know, could be back in. Bilal Muhammad, biggest win of his career, unsurprisingly opened up a lot of doors for him. I we I heard Sean Brady. I heard Gilbert Burns, I heard Hamzat Shemaev, I heard Vicente Luque rematch. So all those are good options. All those were said by multiple listeners. So great job there, guys. Uh, one other thing I liked for Thompson, uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Uh, I had a few people say, uh, recommend that, and that's a good one. That, that is a good one. I like the style matchup. Uh, I like where they are in their careers. I think it makes sense for them. Uh, and uh, again, it keeps both guys on track, somewhat in the mix. Uh, like I said, I'm a little worried for, for uh, Wonder Boy that uh, he's maybe past his prime. And uh, uh, maybe, you know, we won't see him contend anymore. But if you just want to see him fight, if you're a fan of Stephen Thompson, you still want to see him compete, uh, I think matchups like San Santiago Ponzinibbio are the ones that make the most sense. Amanda Lemosh, uh, again, continuing her run at straw weight. Nina, a lot of people just said, just rebook the Nina Nunes fight, which I don't have a problem with. Others said, move on to Tisha Torres. Let's see her go up against another veteran, uh, as Mike suggested. Well, an, an elite gatekeeper. I don't know if that's an oxymoron, but I do believe there is such a thing. I do believe uh, Tisha Torres still has a ton to offer uh, up-and-coming challengers in the strawweight division. And, uh, you know, she she knocks off a name like Lamosh and someone else. She might fall into a, a title shot herself. For Ricky Simone, a lot of people want to see the Sean O'Malley matchup. I totally understand. Uh, for Gamrot, two popular picks. Uh, Gregor Gillespie, probably a little more popular, but uh, matchup with Brad Riddell was also right up there. So again, people just want to see Gamrot fight again and get in there in that top 15, top 10 mix. Uh, Swanson, for Cub Swanson, tons of options thrown out there. Most popular, I think, was Sadiq Yusuf. That's a nice deep cut, guys. I love where, where your head's at. Competitive fight would have ranking implications, as would, I think, the second most popular pick for uh, Swanson, Dan Ige. Now, Ige is coming off a couple of losses, but he's looked very strong, very competitive in all his matchups. He is ranked higher than Swanson. Uh, at Zombie Fight Fans said, I know Ige is coming off two losses, but if he can't beat Cub... We can put an end to the top 10 rankings for him. So uh, maybe some of you viewing a uh, Swanson-Ige matchup as a litmus test for Ige. Because again, he's right there in that top 10. Just hasn't been able to break through uh, into that real title shot contender circle. Uh, Justin Taffa, I, I should have banned him. He missed weight, but I know people love that head kick knockout. Uh, if, you're, if you're EKC Leiden, you applaud that he made history by somehow 
Guys, somehow I'm missing the heavyweight limit by one pound. If any of you have any suggestions or theories or inside information on how on why Justin Taffa was not able to shed an extra pound so that he could be eligible for a $50,000 bonus uh, and so that he didn't make dubious history, please let me know. I, I, I don't understand because he was pretty early to weigh in. It wasn't like he weighed in and I think he was in the first hour, probably in the first 45 minutes. He had plenty of time to, to hit the sauna or do whatever it is that uh, these fighters do at the last second to try and cut an extra pound, extra two pounds, uh, and just couldn't do it. So if, if it was if it would have been deleterious to his health, then Justin Taffa, of course, I'm not judging. We don't like extreme weight cutting here. It is just very odd for a for a heavyweight to um, to come in over and by such a small amount. So uh, for so uh, and people, sorry, they're imagining for him Chris Barnett. No, he doesn't deserve Chris Barnett. I'm sorry. He doesn't deserve Beast Boy after missing weight. Uh, I do like the Dontel Mays matchup. Uh, Dontel, of course, was also victorious on Saturday, beating uh, Josh Parisian. Now, uh, Melissa Gatto, very impressive. I, I see. I want to see her move up in the rankings, uh, and I think she did with that win over Sajara. But uh, so the the most popular picks I saw for her were Montana De La Rosa and uh, Jillian Robertson, who I would have behind her in the rankings, but they are more veteran. Maybe people still see this as a step up for Gato, who again is undefeated. Uh, some more consensus picks here. Pennington versus Dumont. Uh, a lot of people saying Pennington go to 145. Hayes Bethard saying fight her if she wins. She probably has a title fight there, especially if the UFC does not sign Kayla Harrison, uh, which uh, he doesn't think they will. A lot of people are skeptical, including members of the MMA fighting staff, that uh, uh, Harrison would go to a potentially less compelling financial situation with the UFC when she could make very good money with Bellator or return to the PFL for another million dollars plus her her uh, show money for all of her uh, show and win money, excuse me, for all of her fights. So uh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. And plus Pennington, we already saw her fight Nunez, and I and I don't know if we if we want that. I don't know if uh, anyone wants five more rounds of that. That was uh, that was an ugly. It's pretty one sided. Uh, oh, Jordan, uh, Charles Jordan. I love a couple of the uh, recommendations you guys had. Nate Landwer, any Nate Landwer matchup was fun, and uh, Billy Q, Billy Quarantillo. Um, and oh, and I should say, sorry, the most popular pick for Raquel Pennington was Caitlin Vieira. Uh, and one, one, a couple of ones that you guys have really been fixated on: Jordan Levitt versus Euros Medic. I think we've we've this has come up on other shows. There's a lot of heat behind this matchup, so I think uh, on to the next one. Committee, uh, that being you, listeners, Mike and myself, uh, we got to we got to pound this one for the UFC. We want Levitt, Levitt, and Medic. I think that's that's one people want. And you guys went really deep with Dante Mays versus Jarjis Danho, the Man Mountain. I, I'm amazed most people even remember that Jarjus Danho is in the UFC. I know he's coming off a win. I know he actually fought this year. Um, there was a long stretch of inactivity for him. It was like four and a half years. I think he has the longest like record for uh, you know wins uh, in the UFC between fights without having been released. He was with the promotion the whole time, I believe. Just, just really inactive. So, um, hey, you guys want to see more of the Man Mountain and you want to see him fight Dante Mays? I'm all for it. I think, I think that's great. Now let's talk about uh, let's go to let's go to more specific picks here. I want to read some lovely messages, of course. Uh, I won't waste too much of your guys' time. First time reaching out, Laura Taren uh, does not have picks, but I did want to read her comment. She said, "Thanks for the awesome pre-fight live stream. Uh, we do a pre-fight Q and A for people who don't know." And uh, they said, I feel bad. I think I may have jinxed Angela Hill. Here was my comment during the stream. There was a screenshot saying, excited for Hill versus Lemoche. Angela has had a lot of bad split decision losses. I think this will be a good fight. Uh, Laura, you weren't wrong. It was a great fight. 
Uh, and you, I mean, you also weren't wrong. She's had a lot of bad split decision losses, and this just was another one. So uh, Laura goes on to say, Angela's now 0-4 in razor close split decisions. Her 13 and 10 record could easily be 17 and 6. Wow, that's that's true. Uh, and here they have a question: Do the rankings account for split decisions? If not, should they? Hashtag Justin for Angie, and then uh, they're wishing me all the best. This is a fellow Canadian wishing me all the best and happy holidays. So thank you, uh, Laura T. Uh, I'll say uh, it, it really. It, it, there's no. I think there's no blanket rule uh, as far as rankings go. If we're talking, of course, about the MMA fighting rankings, the only rankings that matter in MMA. Uh, I know some people, if they really disagree with a split decision, essentially just treat it as a win for the other person. Uh, this has been the case most recently with, say, T.J. Dillashaw, Corey Sanhagen. Uh, a lot of our ranking panelists kept Sanhagen above Dillashaw. Just just felt it was very clear that Sanhagen won that fight. I wasn't as convinced. I would have scored it for Sanhagen, but I do think it was closer than uh, it was not a robbery. But my standards for robbery are very, very, uh, very, very high. So keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much uh, uh, at our own discretion as far as voting goes. Uh, there, like Angela Hill again. I think she is ranked. She is ranked in our top. Uh, 15, despite suffering some odd losses here and there, and I do think the closeness of some of those losses factors into why uh, we're so fond of her. Uh, also, she's very active, which helps. I mean, one way to stay in the rankings is to keep fighting. Even if you lose every now and then, as long as you're winning more than you're losing, you're in good shape. She's kind of hovers around that, um, but again, always looks competitive, really hasn't been blown out in a fight in a while, and uh, and that's why uh, yeah. So that, that's why she, she is where she is in the rankings. Um, so split decisions, I think they do matter. And I think there's a lot of people hashtagging uh, justice for Angie out there. So thank you, Laura, for that question. Feel free to send in questions, guys, for on the next one. I don't know if we'll get to them all, but like I said, you know, we do have more programs coming up that will not be based around events. Uh, Mike said we could do a little ask us anything. And uh, uh, so send your questions in and that we'll, we'll have a show just for that if we get enough, uh, which hopefully we will. I trust you guys. Regular contributor Casey Carpenter uh, throwing out some good suggestions here. Ricky Simone versus Hani Yaya, Amanda Lemosh versus Jan Shaunan, that's the one I want. And Red, Ren Odenheimer, what is up, Ren, uh, lays out a pretty elaborate heavyweight championship scenario here. I'll, I'll try and uh, skim this here. So, uh, because, you know, uh, Lewis lost recently in an interim title fight and, and lost pretty badly, um, he's trying to figure out what's next for him. Uh, like Mike said, John Jones kind of seems to be, you know, now that his legal issues are resolved, we could see him back in the octagon sooner rather than later. So he goes on to say that Bones will probably get the winner of the Nganu Gan heavyweight unification fight coming up in January. He says, therefore, if Nganu loses the fight against Gan, he thinks uh, he should fight Lewis. Excuse me, Nganu should fight Lewis as the co-main event for a teleshot on the same card as the Bones, uh, you know, it would be Bones Gan fight in that situation. Uh, that way you get your rematch. Uh, again, hopefully a better fight than <laughs> the first time they ran into each other. Uh, notoriously terrible fight. But I do think a second fight would be it would be, uh, to be a different story. But who knows? It could be another three, 15 minutes of staring. Uh, and then he says, if Ngana defeats Gone, I don't want to see Lewis gone too. So soon after that snoozer. Uh, oh, yes. I'm sorry. Uh, the snoozer, the uh, Gone uh, Lewis title fight. Uh, also a snoozer. Uh, and so instead, let's pair him up with Stipe Miocic in that situation. Uh, either scenario, like, will likely determine if Lewis is truly the contender everyone wants him to be, or just a high-level gatekeeper. And regarding Chris Dacus, uh Ren says that Chris Dacus got caught by Derek Lewis, which, hap which happens to over 75% of Lewis's opponents overall. Uh, I would contend that he does, he's not exactly catching them, Ren. I do think there's some, there's a, you know, there's a, a setup to what he does. But I, I get what you're saying, caught in the end. Um... 
And because uh, he, Ren feels that Chris got caught, he's not losing too much confidence in him, especially in the heavyweight division. Getting caught more than once, a clear signal of fighters perhaps peak too fast. His next opponent should be a step down against a guy who's earned a step up. Uh, so he wants to see the tie to Ivasa matchup. Uh, again, th- this seems likely. This does seem like something that could happen. Dacus is higher ranked than uh, Tuivasa, and uh, either guy could really benefit from a win. And uh, and uh, again, Tuivasa already trending in that direction uh, towards Talashot. Dacus kind of regained that that status. Uh, on Instagram, oh, I better bring that up in case there's some uh, funny messages here to read because our our Instagram guys are a little wild. Um, I think that's Instagram in general. But uh, definitely the people who send in Otno picks on Instagram, I, I don't know. You, you guys, you guys are characters. Uh, Twitter and uh, email the most civilized Twitter somewhere in between. Instagram, um, straight up wild boys. So, <laughs> Dad Jackson wants Justin Toffa versus Dacus. Sure, they both won. Uh, I can see that happening. Mir Shirt versus Calvin Gaslam. Gamrod versus Bobby Green. Yes, Dad Jackson, we're on that one. Amanda Lemosh versus Macy Barber. I'm sorry, I hate it. She is surpassed barber uh barber would would kill to get that fight uh she is she needs to work her way back to lemosh at this point and uh uh wonder boy versus cowboy uh that would be interesting i don't know you know don Cern, i don't know what his competitive status is if he wants to return to 155 if he's fighting at 170 again which is a very comfortable weight for him cowboy versus wonder boy would be kind of cool pretty easy sell MMA heads, uh, a, a lot of picks again, the, the, the popular picks, but uh, Levitt versus Chris Kritzemacher, I don't mind it. Matt Bradbury, Levitt versus Steve Garcia, Dawkins versus uh, Jarzinho, uh, <laughs> and then some uh, some some fights from uh, Paul, some picks from Paul Woodley too. Uh, Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury, of course, just, they can just rebook that one. Uh, we don't know when Jake Paul will want to compete again. He had a very very busy. Uh, 2021 and again is a very rich man so uh may not box again for a while but if he wants to stay active uh, time fury certainly seems like the pick and i i shouldn't read even read this one out loud but tyron woodley versus vitor belfort no matt bradbury no uh, and now quickly moving on to uh twitter at nutshot ipoke thank you for sending in the picks uh charles jordan versus uh, larone murphy swanson versus landwer wonder boy versus michael Chiesa. Uh, Gerald Mearshart versus Chris Curtis. Oh, no, I love both those guys. I don't want to see that. Ricky Simone versus Song Yidong. Yes, I agree. Uh, going back to the Mearshart-Curtis matchup. It's certainly... I mean, it, it's certainly a... Uh, it's it would certainly be a fun fight. A uh, nice clash of styles. Uh, you have a super submission specialist in Gerald Mearshart and uh, striking specialist in Chris Curtis. So if, you, if you're interested in seeing that sort of thing... Uh, I could see why. I guess why uh, Nutshot Eye Poke you would pick that. But for me, I'm I'm fond of both fighters, and also I feel like they're kind of they're trending in the same direction, but at different uh, angles. If that makes sense, I don't think they they're quite in each other's um, spheres. Colin Avery, I want to read a comment that Colin made about Bellator. Uh, <laughs> uh, they've suggested this before. Apparently, they said I stand by my previous matchup. Wonder Boy to Bellator, where he immediately is matched up with MVP. Uh, you can bet Scott Coker is licking his chops at the prospect of that matchup. Uh, Timmy Osho, uh, Charles Jordan versus uh, Jamal Emers. Yes, I like it. At Zombie Fight Fan, uh, Ricky Simone versus Timor Valiev, uh, Lewis versus John Jones. I'm really surprised more people didn't suggest that. Um, Hayes Bethard. Thank you, Hayes. Hayes always sends these nice detailed messages. I'm sorry I can't read all this out. Uh, they did. Uh, Hayes did want to say... Last week, uh, Mike kind of wasn't crazy about Cody Garbrandt's um, 
his picks for Cody Garbrandt. He wasn't crazy about uh, Hayes. He wasn't crazy about my picks for Cody Garbrandt either. Uh, Hayes and I are kind of in the same mindset here. Uh, I should say, sorry, Hayes had picked uh, Jeff Molina for uh, Garbrandt at flyweight. I, I don't love the Molina pick, but I don't mind it. I don't mind the, the thinking here because we both think this. This is no, this is Hayes. Getting a win saves Garbrandt's job regardless of who it is against. Now, I could be wrong, but I also think he probably doesn't get cut after just one loss from that point either. So it gives him some breathing room if he's still thinking about fighting for a prolonged time. Uh, not sure he should, but uh, I'm sure he probably is. Overall, though, it just boils down to a difference of opinion, and I totally respect anyone who disagrees. Uh, you don't have to respect. You don't have to do that, uh, Hayes. But you're allowed to disrespect anyone you want. Uh, also, I made that pick saying what I would do. I know that the UFC is going to have him fight Cop or O'Malley. <laughs> I, Hayes, I know it's likely I'm with you, though. I really hope it doesn't happen. Uh, uh, some great picks here, here. Picks here, Hayes. I just wrote down Wonderboy for some reason. Um, wow, that's bad. Oh, Wonderboy uh, versus Nate Diaz. Uh, Thompson. Oh, excuse me. I, there you go. I'm sorry. Wonderboy. Uh, it was not Wonderboy versus Nate Diaz. Wonderboy versus the Salikov Michel Pajera winner on January 15th. Yes. I think Wonderboy versus Michel Pajera would be friggin' amazing. I know we have a uh, kinder, gentler Demolidor these days, but uh, I do. I would like to see if he could bring out the wild man in contrast to uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Otherwise, it would probably be a point fight, uh, which is somewhat of what we've seen from Michelle Pajeda lately, but uh, one can hope. And at Salakov, I mean the King of Kung Fu. The King of Kung Fu versus the, the King of Karate? Come on, you got, let's do it. Ricky Simone versus the uh, Cody Stamen Saeed Nurmagomedov winner, UFC 270, January 22nd. Uh, Gamrot versus Chandler. Big call out for Gamrot. Uh, I don't think he gets the fight, but Hayes is down for it. Swanson versus the Barbosa Mitchell loser. Merchart versus Julian Marquez. And Jardin versus the Akim Dawadu uh, Michael Trezano loser, February 5th. Uh, Dawadu versus Jardin would be a little Canadian on Canadian crime. Cody Hartman. I want to read your intro here. <laughs> Congrat congratulating me on the Paul KO prediction. Uh, thank you, uh, Cody. My, my prediction for how the fight would like kind of unfold wasn't super accurate, but I did predict a, a, a KO in the later rounds for Paul, which is what we did get. So I was a little vague there, but I still got it. Uh, Cody says it was painful, all caps, to see that. Uh, the UFC event was much more entertaining. And Cody likes uh, Thompson versus Masvidal too. Maybe it is time to run that one back. Sabone versus Marlon Moraes and uh, Cub Swanson. Versus the Ilya Toporia Mosar of Loyev loser. Uh, that's a huge fight coming up. Two of the brighter prospects at 145 pounds. And uh, I could see the UFC, um, you know, I, I do think they view Cub as sort of a gatekeeper at this point. I could see the, the uh, one of those guys, maybe even the winner, frankly, getting the Cubs Monson fight. Braden O'Neill, uh, Melissa Gatto versus Aaron Blanchfield. A lot of people all aboard the Aaron Blanchfield train, I know. Uh, I would kind of like to keep them apart. But again, we're getting a lot of talent at 125. So at some point, you really do just have to match these uh, some of these women up and, and see who comes out on top. And again, a loss does not signal the end of like the bright prospects for any of these fighters. So I think that'd be a cool fight. Uh, not, not my pick, but I think it'd be a cool fight. And Dontel Mays versus Parker Porter. Thank you, Braden. Four Corner Sports NY likes Muhammad versus P Dustin Poirier. Excuse me. Now, let me give you their thinking here. Obviously, I've, I shouldn't just read out a pick like that and let it go unexplained. Four Corner Sports NY says, the reason why is Dustin's coming off a loss. Just said he doesn't want to cut to 155 anymore. And with Bilal on this run, I can't see anyone in the top five wanting to take a fight with him. It's not because they're scared. They don't want to lose their ranking. That's kind of scared to me. Uh, so it makes sense for Dustin Poirier's inaugural fight at 170. He faces Bilal Muhammad. I don't mind that. I actually, I, 
I do think that would be a, a good fight for... Definitely Muhammad would love it. Obviously, Poirier is such a big name. And I think Poirier would accept it too. I know Muhammad is... We've kind of said this on a lot of shows. is not the UFC's biggest star. He's he's His fighting style isn't super exciting. And he's got a very funny, quirky personality, which doesn't always lead to pay-per-view sales or big ratings. I wish it did. Um, so... That's the only I could see, but I think it would be refreshing for Poirier again um, after the after the McGregor stuff. He had a nice gentleman's matchup with uh, Charles Oliveira, and I don't think he'd mind continuing that against Chicago's own uh, Bilal Muhammad. So, uh, Four Corner Sports NY also predicting Ricky Simone versus uh, Julio Arce, Justin Taffa, Ben Rothwell. Yes, yes, I like that. Gerald Mearshart versus Joaquin Buckley. If uh, Buckley beats Al Hassan, uh, that fight is happening January fifteenth, and. Uh, <laughs> Another Jake Paul suggestion here. This one made me... This one almost made me cry. Uh, Jake Paul versus Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. <laughs> the uh, the bad boy of, of uh, professional boxing, or was for so long. The malcontent, if you will. Who, by the way, I had no idea. And I think this is why Four Corner Sports NY suggested this. Uh, one of the reasons, anyway. Uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. fought on Saturday in Mexico. And he won. Uh, I, I, this is according to Box Rex. On this is official official records. He beat a uh, David Zagara uh, in Culiacan, uh, Palenque de la Feria Ganadera, Culiacan. That's why more of a Portuguese accent than a Spanish accent wasn't. I'm sorry, I've been watching too much MMA. Uh, he beat a 37 year old David Zagara. Uh, so sounds like a journeyman to me. But beat him by unanimous decision. So good for you, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Win number 53 of his career. And boy, uh, I mean, he'd probably, I, I know uh, uh, JCC Jr. is a bit of a mess, but he would probably still beat Jake Paul, right? Only one way to find out. So very cool suggestion um, for Corner Sports NY. Uh, almost to the end here, guys. I, God, I wish, uh, I wish Mike was here. We usually can stretch this out, but I, I, I love spending this time with you guys. Uh, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe we'll try this some other days when, when Mike has just had enough of your crap and, uh, and just doesn't want to deal with you. Um, maybe he can, he can leave you in my charge once again. I, I I kind of enjoy this. Liam Perry going big for Amanda Lemos. Throw in there with Zhang Wei Li. Listen, a lot of people, like I said, have Amanda Lemos pegged as a title contender, a possible champion. She's was wrecking people at 115 before having this tough fight uh, and arguable loss to uh, Angela Hill. Um, so that's why, for me, it doesn't make sense to Zhang matchup right now, but, I mean, a lot of people were kind of saying it was going to happen eventually, so why not next? Not bad, Liam Perry. Uh, Ricky Simone versus Nathaniel Wood. Uh, Mateusz Gamrat versus Tony Ferguson. Gerald Merchart versus Brad Tavares. And uh, Jordan Levitt versus Christos Diagos. Thank you, Liam. Barry O'Reilly coming in with Jordan Levitt versus Terrence McKinney. Yes, I, I wish McKinney had gotten a chance to fight again in uh, 2021. One of my breakout candidates... Uh, sorry, excuse me. One of my candidates for breakout fighter of the year. If you add in his fights before the UFC as well, he has just been disintegrating people in the in the cage and uh, has that one big win in the octagon as well. Dante Mays versus Juan Espino. Uh, Barry wants to know where is Juan? Where is where is the uh, well, the recent Ultimate Fighter winner? Uh, he's a he's a good age, and if he has hopes of a title run, he needs to get fighting as much as possible. That's a nice way of putting it. Barry, I like that you say he's of a good age. He's uh, 41 years old. And I know this is heavyweight, but uh, when you consider he's 41 and not the most experienced fighter, he's something like 10 and 2, I believe. So he's less than like 15 fights. It does feel like he's in a weird spot where he's the age where he should be 
contending, but he also needs more experience. Uh, so Dante Mays is the right matchup. Yes, I don't know what is up with Juan Espino. I think, you know, just dealing with bumps and bruises. Again, he is 41 years old. Probably takes a bit longer a bit longer to recover from fights. Um, and I like to just picture him just kicking back with a nice, you know, uh, glass of Chardonnay or whatever it is people drink uh, on, uh, the uh, you know, on the coast of the Canary Islands, something like that. So one, no rush back, but people do want to know when you're fighting again. Charles Rodin versus Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson? Sean Woodson. I'm sorry. Not, uh, not uh, uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer, all-time great Charles Woodson. Apologies for that. That was terrible. Uh, Jordan Jordan versus Sean Woodson. Let's see, see what happens when, when Mike isn't around. Melissa Gatto versus Ariane Lipsky. And Barry says, have that one happen in Brazil. Yes, they are traveling. People doesn't know. Reportedly, they are traveling back to Brazil sometime soon, heading to Rio for a fight night. So fingers crossed we will see Brazilian uh, fight night cards again. And uh, Gerald Mearshart versus Adolfo Vieira if he beats Wellington Terman. Vieira fighting Terman at uh, UFC 270, January 26th. Oh, another submission. Two submission masters going at it. I love it. I love it. I think the deeper gas tank of uh, Mearshart. He might be favorite. Might give, have him be favorite heading into fight now. I don't know, but I, yeah, I love that. That might be my favorite. Uh, I think. It's de- sorry, it's definitely my favorite Mearshart pick this week, uh, and maybe my favorite uh, pick at all. Uh, and another comment I want to read from Barry, another guy who sends great messages, uh, concerning Lewis versus Romanov. Um, I think that here we go. Uh, maybe this doesn't make a lot of sense, but Lewis has fought a lot of the guys around him. I don't think Stipe takes a dangerous fight like that. Uh, Tom Aslan has made his intentions clear. No rush to jump up the rankings. So the only other guy in a streak is tied to Ivasa. That'd be fun. But I think Lewis knocks him out. Romanov has the wrestling to cause problems so to Lewis. <laughs> so that is why I think it's a more interesting fight. Cue the Mike rants. Uh, okay, you listen, Mike's not here. If he were, again, we're dealing with Florida Mike here. I'm sorry, I cannot emulate crusty uh, South Carolina slash formerly of Massachusetts Mike. So, uh, I, but I actually think he would like this one. Maybe I'm being too optimistic. I think he'd be with me. I think it's kind of a fun fight. Uh, Romanov Ramona would fit in that classic mold of a guy who would probably like throw Derek Lewis around a bit, really give him problems in the first two rounds. But, you, you know, the gas tank is in question. And you feel like this is a third round Derek Lewis swanging and banging uh, comeback knockout waiting to happen. Uh, so now I really want to see it because I just I think it's possible. Our man in Denmark, Girding Jensen, says, I only have one matchup. Gamrot, Rafael dos Anjos, February. So he's so uh, Toke is matchmaking for UFC. He's giving you the date. Just pick the card. He's, he, he's saying when, he's saying the opponent, uh, and I think uh, I think that's a fight RDA should actually be interested in. I think he's a uh, Gamrot, again, very decorated, former uh, two-division KSW champion, and now on a three-fight win streak. RDA, you want to regain some of your uh, momentum at 155. You know, I know Gamrot's dangerous, but you're a great fighter, you're a veteran, maybe that's the one to take. And uh, we'll close out the reader, uh, sorry, excuse me, listener portion here with uh, Marcus McGahee, of course, a regular. I loved his title for this week's edition of On to the Next One, The Bully and the Beast edition. So, shout outs to Derek Lewis and uh, Bilal Muhammad. Ricky Simone versus uh, Marab Valishvili too. Yeah, I think this has to happen sometime. It just won't be next right now because uh, Marab is just a bit far ahead in the rankings. I do want to see that again. Charles Jordan versus uh, Londa Venata. Jordan Levitt versus Luigi Ventramini. Justin Taffa versus Jarjus Danho. The Man Mountain is white hot. I'll not know this week. And uh, Dante Mays versus, forgive me, I keep forgetting this young man's name. Recent Contender Series winner, Martin Boudet. Boudet? Boudet. Uh, apologies for the mispronunciation as well. Um, 
Yes, I like that, though Marcus wants to add that he originally wanted the winner of uh, Maze and Parisian to fight jo uh, Chris Barnett. And then they say, I have since realized what I really want is Josh Parisian versus Chris Barnett. Three rounds of big boys spinning. Uh, hashtag big boys spinning. Maybe I'll throw that in the uh, the tweet this week. Thank you, Marcus McGahey. Guys, uh, that is it for the listener suggestions this week. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you for putting up with me. I'm sorry. I know it's you've literally just been listening to me talk by myself about you for 30 straight minutes. So you guys are uh, absolute saints for putting up with it. Uh, please send in, continue to send your picks, uh, you know, when the new year begins to me at Alexander K. Lee on Twitter, uh, at Alexander K. K. Lee on Instagram, at Alex.Lee, at SBNation.com. Uh, and you can hit up Mike's DMs as well at M underscore H-E-C-K-J-R, M underscore heck J-R on instagram slide into these dms guys we uh we want we love hearing from you and uh we can't wait i really cannot wait until we're, we have cards again to uh to see your awesome picks and to have you uh hear your 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 awesome thoughts love you guys uh i no, normally this is where we close out but i keep forgetting this segment uh that i want to that i want to make a regular thing the last match guys the last match it looks like we have seen the last match for claudia gadelia she's she uh, announced her retirement, or sorry, it was reported that she was retiring no longer in the UFC roster on Friday. She uh, pretty much confirmed it herself and then addressed a lot of questions about, uh, you know, why she stepped away. You can read the sort of that full story, her comments that she put on Instagram on MMAfighting.com. That just went out on Sunday. Uh, but essentially saying, you know, there were some issues with concussions following the loss to Yan Xiaonan. That's why you haven't seen her compete since last November. Uh, she had a lot of post-concussion difficulties, uh, describing it like a knife stabbing in the back of her head. So she twice had to go to the hospital to address these things. Uh, had to deal a lot of this on her own. Her family's back in Brazil. Uh, I believe uh, I believe Claudia is now li currently living in Las Vegas. I know she's helping out at the UFCPI, which is another reason she said she's kind of transitioning, you know, out of competition. Um, she's been working with the UFCPI to help uh, Brazilian fighters to acclimate themselves to the UFC. I think that's very cool. A lot of Brazilian fighters, of course, moving to the United States once they get signed. So she's trying to help out in that regard. Uh, and also studying nutrition. She said she's uh, she's set to, uh, I, th I hope, graduate soon, get her bachelor's. Already has it. Uh, apologies if I got that wrong, but... She is planning to uh, further explore nutrition and health and athletics. Uh, of course, she's uh, one of, always been one of the most fit strawweights in the UFC. T uh, once competed for the UFC title against her uh, her rival, Joanna Jacek. So, uh, uh, Claudia Gadelia had a really, really good career. Again, one of those names uh, that helped, to, frankly, helped to put uh, women's MMA as we know it on the map. You know, she was coming up facing tough competition well before there was a strawweight division uh, in the UFC. And uh, sorry, I'm just, I'm just, if you heard some clattering there, I'm just kind of trying to look back on, uh, yes, you know, fighting in Brazil and fighting for Invicta once, beating a uh, future sort of atomweight star, Ayaka Hamasaki, and then having a very good UFC career, wins over Angela Hill, Ronda Marcos, Esparza, Carolina Nicole Vukovic, um, Jessica Aguilar, when, again, Jessica Aguilar was still kind of regarded as one of the best 115-pound fighters in the world, uh, Tina Latamaki when she was undefeated, so... Uh, happy trails to uh, Claudia Gadelia, who again she's pretty adamant. She says, "I'm not coming back. I'm not. I'm not one of those fighters who is going to go back." Um, she just said uh, she just doesn't feel welcome uh, in the octagon anymore. Not calling out anyone, by the way. Saying just, I think in her mind, saying like it just feels alien. It would feel alien to go back in there. So this could be an MMA retirement, guys. 18 months from now, we could see Claudia Gadelia changing her mind, wanting to take a fight. Who knows? But uh, she seems pretty confident this is the end. And if it is. Uh, Hats off to Claudia Gadelia for a great, great, great career 
and uh, and uh, hopefully she's walking away at the right time and uh, and very healthy. So that is it, guys. That's it for this week. Uh, I guess I'd, I you uh, normally we'd say next week, but really this will be a month from now. We have our next card, January fifteenth, according to Wikipedia, UFC Fight Night number two hundred. Two hundred Fight Night guys. Uh, and this is a card that is currently expected to be led by Calvin Cater and Giga Chikadze. Outside of that, I don't know if uh, we have much of a lineup. I will check our good pals at topology.com, who are always the most up-to-date with this sort of thing. Again, that will be uh, Cater versus Chikadze. Okay, here we go. I'm sorry. Just uh, We have a ton of... Oh, I see that. We have a ton of, uh, of bouts that just haven't been confirmed by the UFC, so... But, uh, of course, various reports out there. Shout-outs to all the guys on the beat uh, and uh, always trying to hunt these these matchups down. Uh, so, Calvin Cater, Chikadze, main event. Caitlin Chukagi and Jennifer Maya, too, in the co-main. Uh, bout order, by the way, still to be determined. This is a tentative lineup, so I should just run it down. Joaquin Buckley versus uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. <laughs> First-round knockout, yeah, right? Uh, uh, Demolidor versus Muslim Salikov. Klitson Rodriguez versus Zaruk Adashev. Joe Anderson Brito versus Bill Algio. Brandon Royval versus Rogerio Bontorin. Big, big flyweight fight. Uh, friend of MMA fighting, Brian Kelleher, one of the best MCs in MMA, uh, versus Sayu Jokob Hakramanov. Uh, Sayu Jokob, of course, coming off a friggin' ridiculous uh, uh, win over uh, Trevin Jones. He looked really good. Uh, th- third round, third round submission in the last minute. So. Uh, great job, Sayu Jacob, and now he gets a uh, big step up, Brian Kelleher. Ramiz Brahimaj fighting veteran Court McGee. Chase Sherman uh, meeting Jake Collier in a heavyweight bout. Dakota Bush, uh, his second UFC fight, excuse me, I've forgotten about the Austin Hubbard fight, facing Vyacheslav Borshev. Uh, Vanessa Demopoulos, a former LFA champion, fights Silvana Gomez Juarez. And uh, we got, man, Caio Baraglio, recent uh, Contender Series signing. I know a lot of people excited about him fighting Jamie Pickett. That's a 205-pound bout. TJ Brown fights veteran uh, Gabriel Mowgli Benitez. And it sounds like the uh, bout between Victor Henry and Jaoni Barcelos, which is supposed to take place on Saturday night, has been rescheduled for... Uh, this card, I don't again, not official yet, but I believe that is that is the thought. Uh, Victor Henry tested positive for COVID, so the fight was postponed. But a month from now, fingers crossed. Hopefully everything's all right, and uh, we do get to see Howney and uh, long the long-awaited debut of former uh, Rise and Standout Deep Champion Victor Henry. So, guys, thank you so much for putting up with the second portion of this show uh, and for all keeping up and supporting us guys always. Uh, Mike again has had been doing crazy coverage. Please send more messages to Mike praising Mike, one of the best in the business. Our entire social media team did a great job also with uh, covering two events this week. And uh, that's it. That's it for me. I'll stop rambling. I, I-, I love getting to spend time with you guys. But uh, until next time, this has been, uh, how does Mike do this again? I think I already biffed this, this outro. Uh, But I'll remember the most important part. Uh, Until next time, guys. uh, Thank you for listening to On to the Next One. The podcast. Wait, is that what he does? I messed up. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Can you you, you want to re-record this outro? All right. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. See ya. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch 
against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.